Whether this is her first Mother's Day or her 40th, she deserves more. Shop tons of stunning on-trend jewelry for every budget at Diamonds Direct. Diamond fashion jewelry, beautiful birthstones, everyday pearls, starting at just $200. Commemorate the real loves of her life with a gorgeous pendant featuring the birthstone of the one who made her mom. This Mother's Day, Diamonds Direct is everything you need to say thank you. Diamonds Direct, your love, our passion. Online at DiamondsDirect.com. Welcome to the iHeartRadio and Coast to Coast AM Paranormal Podcast Network. Now get ready for Strange Things with Joshua P. Warren. The thoughts and opinions expressed by the host are thoughts and opinions only and do not necessarily reflect those of iHeartMedia, iHeartRadio, Coast to Coast AM, employees of Premier Networks or their sponsors and associates. You are encouraged to do the proper amount of research yourself depending on the subject matter and your needs. Warren, and each week on this show, I'll be bringing you brand new, mind-blowing content, news, exercises, and weird experiments you can do at home, and a lot more on this edition of the program, Solved. You don't get to say that very often. Solved. The Brown Mountain Alien Mummy Mystery. This is a mystery that goes back to before before I was born. And uh, I'm talking, of course, about Ralph Lales, Alien Mummy. And (laughs) this story is so bizarre. And yet I think I can make a very strong case once and for all for what the Alien Mummy was. And, uh, I, I've been sitting on this for a while and I'm, I'm ready to finally tell everybody what I believe is the explanation. This is going to be good. Um, before I get to that, however, let me just say that, of course, in my last podcast, I talked about how that on Christmas day of 2022, my storage unit was robbed. Uh, somebody came in and, uh, shuffled through everything and all they took was my drone and so i don't know if that is because the men in black so to speak wanted my drone or if it just so happened that some other you know street thug got in there and said oh drones are expensive and and stole the drone but regardless i want to tell you something kind of interesting so uh when I sent out my e-newsletter and told everybody, like, this is what I'm going to talk about. This one lady sent me an email and she goes, oh, I'm very sorry to hear that you were robbed. She said, uh, you should move back to Western North Carolina where it's safer. You know, we, we miss you here. And, and that was a very nice thing to say. And I definitely appreciate the sentiment. But, you know, uh, the reality is uh, – Western North Carolina is not the safest place to be either because right now, uh, I presume around the world, but especially here in the U.S., let's just face the facts. Uh, crime is bad everywhere. And I think this is the product of shutting down society for years. Uh, when you do that, it it wrecks the economy. It creates uh, a criminal heyday for desperate people. And I'm just going to toss this out there. Just a theory. It may have something to do with defunding the police as well. Just a theory. Just food for thought. But here's something that might surprise you. Here in Las Vegas, of course, I watch the local news, and I also watch the national news. And the national news never talks about the fact that here in Las Vegas, 
some of the biggest casinos have been getting robbed frequently. I, I mean, for example, uh, let's see, since November of 2022, at least six big casinos have been robbed. And I'm talking about a situation where, you know, a, a guy comes in and goes up to the cage, which is where you cash in your chips and stuff, and uh, in some cases has a weapon, in some cases passes a note or whatever, and just, you know, demands money. And to give you an example of what I'm talking about here, these are not just like mom and pop casinos. Uh, some of the casinos that have been outright held up and, and robbed like Old West style uh, over the past few months are Caesar's Palace. I mean, my goodness, Caesar's Palace. That's about as big as it gets. And then Resorts World, which is one of the newest casinos here. It's it's a major casino. Uh, the Silverton. Even George Norrie did a George Norrie live at the Silverton. I have gone to the Silverton. No telling how many times. Uh, Green Valley Ranch, another great casino that I frequent. Uh, the Rampart, the Gold Coast, uh, and the policy. And I can see why they don't like make this so widely spread, but you know, this is here in the local newspaper, the Review Journal. The policy that the casinos have is if somebody comes into the casino and, and robs it, we are not going to escalate the situation uh, because we don't want it to turn into a violent situation. They just pretty much let the person go. And then they rely on surveillance to go out and try to capture the person afterward. And you know what? That makes complete sense to me. It, it is very different than what you think of when you watch these movies like Casino, where they talk about how amazing the security is. They take you in the back and, you know, break your fingers and stuff if you're cheating at cards. Um, but it is a more uh, probably intelligent, enlightened view of how to deal with this sort of thing, because, hey, money is money and money can be replaced and, and lives cannot be. Uh, and so far they have caught not all of these people, but, you know, at least a couple of these people. But that's an example for you of just the level to which crime has advanced. And so I have to tell you this. Um, <laughs> since I recorded my last podcast, I also here in Las Vegas uh, encountered, so to speak, my very first ever porch pirate. Now, of course, a porch pirate is a despicable person who sits around waiting for a package to be delivered somewhere. And I think in some cases they follow Amazon trucks and stuff like that. And as soon as the Amazon truck is gone, they run up and they grab whatever's on the porch. And in my case, I don't want to tell you exactly how my house is laid out, but I do have an area where packages can be left, of course. And uh, so it's not necessarily my porch, but it is an area where packages can be received because I'm always, you know, ordering supplies for experiments and stuff like that. And so just a few nights ago, uh, I I ordered something and Amazon dropped it off. And then I went outside like, you know, 15 minutes later and I was like, this doesn't make sense. Where did it go? Where could it have gone? And then I went back and I looked at my security footage and two minutes, two minutes after Amazon dropped off this package, this guy, you can tell it's a man dressed all in black. He runs out. And he, he he's not even wearing a mask. He just has some kind of, I don't know if it's a, a black hat or what, that he's kind of holding up to partially shield his face. And he ran over and grabbed my package and ran off. And he, it, it, it took him two seconds to do this. It, it, uh, talk about the speed of a cat. And if he had just done that and left, then, you know, I would have, no way of understanding what this person looked like because he did a good job of, of shielding himself. But it turns out that after he left, he had a second thought and he turned around and he saw one of my lights that wasn't uh screwed down or whatever. And he decided to grab that too. Uh, 
And so in that moment, he reached out and he grabbed one of the lights without covering his face. And my security camera got an image of this guy's face. It's just a split second, but that's all it takes. And and I can see his face. So um, and, and by the way, you know what he stole? I will tell you what he got from me. He got a $12 Revlon hairdryer that I bought off of Amazon that I was going to use for an experiment. So that's he, he <laughs> that's how these people live their lives. OK, this this person stole a $12, you know, committed a, a crime to steal a $12 Revlon hairdryer. And uh, so anyway, but I got his face. So I go, this is good. I have a picture of this person's face. So, of course, the first thing I did was I went out there and I posted his face on social media. So if you follow me on Twitter or you're a Facebook friend or whatever, you probably have seen this still of this porch pirate's face. But then after I was done with that, I said, you know what? I'm going to teach this guy a lesson in manners and civility. And I went into my special area where I keep all of my wishing machines and I took a printout of his face and I put it on a wishing machine. And then I taught him a lesson. Now, I know some of you are thinking, what are you doing, Josh? You're just going to bring bad karma on yourself because you you're projecting something bad on this guy it's just going to come back to you. But no, 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 that's not what happened. Uh, I have to take a break. When I come back, I'm going to tell you what I did with the wishing machine to give him what he deserved without it coming back on me. And then I'll get into this story about solving the mystery of the alien mummy. <laughs> and keep in mind, I have got some amazing new things that I'm going to be announcing over the next few months, and I won't be talking about them necessarily on this podcast. If you want to know what I'm up to, if you want to be the first person, go to joshuapwarren.com. Right there on the homepage, you can put your email address into a little bank and hit submit, and it will sign you up for my free e-newsletter and you will immediately receive an automated email from me with some links to some free online gifts that will start helping you learn how you can start taking more control over your life as well and fight back if you have to against some of these people out there who have lost their scruples. Um, go to joshuapwarren.com Again, Type it into the homepage there, and you'll hear from me immediately, uncensored, joshuapwarren.com. I am Joshua P. Warren, and you're listening to Strange Things on the iHeartRadio and Coast to Coast AM Paranormal Podcast Network, and I will be right back. Keep it here on the iHeartRadio and Coast to Coast AM Paranormal Podcast Network. The Wizard of Weird will be right back. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. People don't always realize just how much their negative thoughts and experiences stick with them and weigh them down. You may find your brain constantly running through a highlight reel of bad moments. That comment your friend made last week that hurt your feelings that frustrating thing your mom does, or that silly thing you said in a meeting. Maybe it's time to get it all off your chest. Whether it's a tiny annoyance or something much bigger, talking about it can give you some relief and lead you to a potential solution. That's where therapy comes in. It's a safe space to share whatever's weighing you down and learn to process it so your internal highlight reel can focus on the good stuff. And BetterHelp offers affordable online therapy on a schedule that works for you. Connect with a licensed therapist by text, phone, or video call. Start the process in minutes and switch therapist anytime. Let it out with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash strange things today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp. H-E-L-P dot com slash strange things. 
I'm Scott Weinberger, journalist and former deputy sheriff. In my new podcast series, Cold-Blooded, The Apollo Jim Murders, I'm embedded in the cold case investigation into the death of firefighter Billy Halpern. It's just a shame, you know, that they took him from us. Experience this investigation in a truly unique way, knocking on doors, uncovering new evidence, including the DNA of a potential killer. Uh, my name is Danny Smith. I'm a detective uh, with the Miramar Police Department. This is Scott Weinberger. We're actually reopening an old case, and your name came up. Untangling secrets that may reveal the answers to not only one murder, but almost a dozen. I thought they were going to kill me, so I kept my mouth shut, and I didn't say anything. All these years, I didn't say anything. Listen to Cold-Blooded, The Apollo Jim Murders, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Looking for that certain someone who shares your interests in UFOs, ghosts, Bigfoot, conspiracy theories, and the paranormal? Look no further than ParanormalDate.com, the unique site for like-minded people. If you like the senior crowd, try ParanormalDate.com forward slash seniors to meet like-minded people that are 60 plus. It all depends on what you prefer. ParanormalDate.com is great for everyone. You can also tap into members that are 60 plus at paranormaldate.com forward slash seniors. Enjoy your search. Have some fun at paranormaldate.com. I'm Scott Weinberger, journalist and former deputy sheriff. In my new podcast series, Cold Blooded, The Apollo Jim Murders, I'm embedded in the cold case investigation into the death of firefighter Billy Halpern. It's just a shame, you know, that they took him from us. Experience this investigation in a truly unique way, knocking on doors, uncovering new evidence, including the DNA of a potential killer. Uh, my name is Danny Smith. I'm a detective uh, with the Miramar Police Department. This is Scott Weinberger. We're actually reopening an old case, and your name came up. Untangling secrets that may reveal the answers to not only one murder, but almost a dozen. I thought they were going to kill me, so I kept my mouth shut, and I didn't say anything. All these years, I didn't say anything. Listen to Cold-Blooded, The Apollo Jim Murders, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. And now back to Joshua P. Warren and Strange Things. iHeartRadio and Coast to Coast AM Paranormal Podcast Network. I am your host, the Wizard of Weird, Joshua P. Warren, beaming into your wormhole brain from my studio in Sin City, Las Vegas, Nevada, where every day is golden and every night is silver. And before I get into this Brown Mountain Lights alien mummy mystery, Uh, Let me just finish up by telling you, here's what I did, okay? I took the image that I had of this porch pirate's face, and uh, I went into my little sacred space, and I picked a wishing machine, I put his face on it, and I tuned it, and I also used some of my other manifestation devices and techniques that are very effective. And essentially, here is the message that I put into these devices and projected out there. I said, may your karma come back to you tonight with lightning speed, you despicable thief. Now, you see, I did not project any particular ill wish toward him. I only ask to expedite the process of the inevitable karma 
that will come back to him. Because that's one of the problems with people who are so selfish that they commit crimes. Oftentimes, they, they do this for a long, long time before the karma comes back around. And that's why you have, say, a guy who's an old man, and then all of a sudden it all comes back to him. And it will, whatever you owe, it will come back to you because this is a closed circuit. This is, <laughs> you know, we're living in a bubble here, energetically and otherwise. But I figured the faster it comes back to him, then the faster he will learn his lesson. So you see, what I did was not project anything negative that would come back on me per se. I simply helped along the process of him paying the consequences for what he did. And I, I don't have a camera, you know, on this guy to see what happened to him wherever his life led him later that night. But, uh, boy, I wouldn't have wanted to be him because I'm pretty sure it all came crashing back on him pretty hard. And that is something that you can keep in mind. If you feel like somebody has wronged you, you don't have to necessarily go out looking for direct vengeance and wishing ill will on them. You simply help them learn their lesson a little faster and expediting the process is always good for everyone involved. You give that energy a little nudge. All right. So anyway, Maybe that will help some of you deal with people who are causing some uh, some havoc in, in, in your life. OK, let's get to the main topic at hand, shall we? So uh, I, of course, have been obsessed with the Brown Mountain Lights most of my life. And I'm talking about for those of you who are brand new to this, uh, Brown Mountain is this low lying ridge in the Pisgah National Forest in Western North Carolina, where people have been seeing these multicolored balls of light floating around for perhaps centuries, and nobody has ever explained exactly what they are. They're all kinds of crazy theories. And if you want to know the whole story of the Brown Mountain Lights, go back and listen to this show, Strange Things, episodes 32 and 33. It was a two-parter where I just told the whole darn story of the Brown Mountain Lights. That's where you're going to hear the most comprehensive portrayal. And one of the weirdest parts of this story is that in the 1960s, there was this man who lived near Brown Mountain named Ralph Lael, L-A-E-L, Ralph Lael. And he claimed that he was being taken into outer space by these visitors, these aliens, basically. And uh, I, I hesitate to use the word abducted because he always said he volunteered to go. But he had a little shop there nearby, which was kind of like a tourist stop. And he would tell people about his experiences. He wrote a pamphlet about it. And one of the more interesting parts of his uh, his shop was the back room where he kept what he claimed was the mummified body of one of these aliens. And if you paid him, you know, a couple bucks or whatever, then he would let you go back and see this thing. So I don't know how many people saw it over the years, but the weird part of the story is that, you know, Ralph Lell, he died, uh, he died before, you know, relatively young. I don't know exactly how he died. Uh, he was dabbling in politics as well. And after he died, somebody came in and bulldozed his shop to the ground. And nobody knows to this day whatever happened to his little alien mummy. And there are only two photographs of this mummy known to exist. One of them was taken by my friend, the late Timothy Green Beckley, and he gave me permission to post that. And I'm going to tell you where you can see it in a minute. And the other one was taken by the mother of a photographer in the area named Charles Braswell. Uh, and, uh, because he's a professional photographer, he gave me a copy of his, uh, of his mom's photo, but I don't have permission to post it, but that's not necessary because they both show the same kind of thing. What you see when you look at this picture is what appears to be sort of a little box. And you know what, I, since I'm going to, since I'm talking about this, uh, I guess I may as well bring it up right now and try to give you a more accurate description of it. Uh, it, it. This creature looks like it's maybe like, I don't know, at the most four feet tall. And it's lying in a little box that looks, well, it looks like a coffin, actually, with white lining. And this little body 
is naked except for a loincloth. And this is a black and white picture. Some people have described this uh, being as looking kind of like a pygmy. But in terms of its overall features, uh, it looks, even though this is a black and white photograph, the whole thing actually was apparently uh, a very gray, dried body, almost crumbly, and almost the appearance of dried out clay with very crude features and a body, weirdly, with lots of straight unnatural lines, just the way the shoulders and the arms and everything. And you could write that off to rigor mortis or something like that. But it's almost like you could draw this body with a ruler. And and also there's a certain flatness about the whole body, kind of a deflated look. And uh, the head has uh, sort of sparse, black, ratty looking hair. And perhaps most striking are these thin, drawn back lips with this unnaturally wide, completely horizontal, emotionless grimace with white teeth showing. So it it definitely does not look exactly like a human, but it doesn't look like a traditional kind of alien either. And so, uh, it's always been intriguing, like, well, what was this thing that he was showing people and telling them that, you know, it was it was an alien. Uh, and then. um, Then it disappeared. Right. So years ago, I, I have to give credit where credit is due years ago. Uh, it was Micah Hanks, investigator Micah Hanks who actually is a cousin of mine, who was the first person to say, you know what, this looks a lot like it could have been a gaff created by Homer Tate. Now, let me pause for a moment. If you don't know what a gaff is in this context, a gaff is a fake sideshow prop. And they were very, very popular in the 1960s and 70s and even to some degree in the 80s. Uh, and, and I'll get more into that in, in a minute. But it, it, it's kind of like the Fiji mermaid or, you know, something along those lines. And he said, this looks a heck of a lot like a Homer Tate. And I think that he was the first person who mentioned Homer Tate to me. And then later on, Vance Pollock also said, yeah, this looks like a Homer Tate. And you know what? At that time, uh, I think I was kind of distracted on some various other projects and I didn't spend a lot of time really digging into it because that, um, well, the body was gone and I figured, well, until we have this creature, then it's, you know, it's hard for us to judge. But I tell you what, the more and more research that I've done, uh, the more that I have come to the conclusion uh, that sure enough, this, this being, and I hate to say it, I believe was a gaff created by Homer Tate, who now has quite a following. I'm going to tell you in a minute, uh, about Homer Tate. And one of the things about this, uh, sort of strange, you know, Homer Tate mystery is that, uh, I before was not certain about the connection between Homer Tate and Ralph Lell, who in the 1960s was in a, a pretty, you know, a remote part of the mountains of Western North Carolina, because most of Homer Tate stuff is associated with, with out West. But it turns out that Homer Tate had a catalog that he put out there that made the rounds among people who had roadside attractions in which he put different types of generic creatures that you could buy from him. Uh, When we come back from this break, I'm going to tell you how you can go and see a picture of Ralph Lell's alien mummy from Brown Mountain and some of the ads from Homer Tate's catalog that he was putting out at that time. And I think you will see why the, okay, I believe you're right. This has got to be a Homer Tate gaff. And 
it actually was a remarkable work of art. I'm Joshua P. Warren. You're listening to Strange Things on the iHeartRadio and Coast to Coast AM Paranormal Podcast Network. And I will be right back after these important messages. Hang on, Josh will be right back. I'm Scott Weinberger, journalist and former deputy sheriff. In my new podcast series, Cold-Blooded, The Apollo Jim Murders, I'm embedded in the cold case investigation into the death of firefighter Billy Halper. It's just a shame, you know, that they took him from us. Experience this investigation in a truly unique way, knocking on doors, uncovering new evidence, including the DNA of a potential killer. Uh, my name is Danny Smith. I'm a detective uh, with the Miramar Police Department. This is Scott Weinberger. We're actually reopening an old case, and your name came up. Untangling secrets that may reveal the answers to not only one murder, but almost a dozen. I thought they were going to kill me, so I kept my mouth shut, and I didn't say anything. All these years, I didn't say anything. Listen to Cold-Blooded, The Apollo Jim Murders on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, girlfriends, it's me, Carol Fisher. I'm so excited to tell you about the brand new series of The Girlfriends. In season one, we told you about the murder of Gail Katz at the hands of my ex-boyfriend, Bob. At one point, a woman's torso washed up on Staten Island and was misidentified as Gail. She spent nine years in Gail's grave, and then she just disappeared. It's almost like it's become this moral obligation to find her. And that's what we're going to do. Find this missing girlfriend and tell her story. With the help of some of your favorite girlfriends from season one, like my producer, Anna. Oh, my God. My friend, Dr. Mindy Shapiro. Hi, it's Dr. Shapiro, and I'd like to speak with the deputy medical examiner. And of course, Gail's sister, Elaine Katz. Having no closure, it kills you. Join us as we try to solve a 35-year-old cold case. It's not going to be easy, but it's going to be one hell of a ride. (gasps) What? I can't believe this. Listen to season two of The Girlfriends, Our Lost Sister on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. We're happy to let you know that our Coast to Coast AM official YouTube channel has now reached 300,000 subscribers. You can listen to the first hour of recent and past shows all for free. So head on over to coasttocoastam.com and hit the YouTube icon at the top of the page. This is free show audio, so don't wait. Coasttocoastam.com is where you want to be. I'm Scott Weinberger, journalist and former deputy sheriff. In my new podcast series, Cold-Blooded, The Apollo Jim Murders, I'm embedded in the cold case investigation into the death of firefighter Billy Halper. It's just a shame, you know, that they took him from us. Experience this investigation in a truly unique way, knocking on doors, uncovering new evidence, including the DNA of a potential killer. Uh, My name is Danny Smith. I'm a detective uh, with the Miramar Police Department. This is Scott Weinberger. We're actually reopening an old case, and your name came up. Untangling secrets that may reveal the answers to not only one murder, but almost a dozen. I thought they were going to kill me, so I kept my mouth shut, and I didn't say anything. All these years, I didn't say anything. Listen to Cold-Blooded, The Apollo Jim Murders on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. You're listening to the iHeartRadio and Coast to Coast AM Paranormal Podcast Network. strange things on the iHeartRadio and Coast to Coast AM Paranormal Podcast Network. 
I'm your host, Joshua P. Warren, and this is the show where the unusual becomes usual. If you want to see a picture of Ralph Lales, alien mummy, that he was promoting there near Brown Mountain back in the 1960s, as well as some uh, captures of uh, Homer Tate's catalogs from the time, just go to joshuapwarren.com, click the link to the curiosity shop, and scroll down until you see the word Tate. T-A-T-E. Click on that word and uh, it will open up a page where you can take a look at these things. And what you will see is one of his catalogs here has an ad for what is called the little man from Mars. And there is a picture and it looks a heck of a lot like Ralph Lell's alien mummy so much that uh, that's when you, you you have to say like okay this has got to be this has got to be the explanation it, he's promoting it saying here is a new one and should be a real money getter so much has been said about the man from mars and his size uh it says to be exhibited in casket a very curious little fellow Height about 26 inches, which is smaller than I thought based upon the pictures. But again, you know, how do you tell context of size and a picture? Uh, and it says prepaid $25. So back then you could have paid $25 and gotten the little man from Mars, the money getter for your roadside attraction. <laughs> and so if you go right now and you look up uh, Homer Tate on Wikipedia, here's what it says. He was born in 1884, died in 1975. It says he was an American nicknamed the King of Gaffs for devising strange artifacts that were often used in roadside attractions and sideshows to fool and amuse the public. Among his best known works is The Thing. I'll get back to that in a minute. Tate was born in Poetry, Texas, and moved to Arizona in the 1890s. He was a miner and a farmer and also operated a motel and gas station. He was elected sheriff of Graham County, serving from 1925 to 1928. In the late 1930s or 40s, he began to make artifacts from mud, paper, and bones, which he sold for small sums. They were passed off by purchasers as mummies such as The Thing, Mermaids, Shrunken Heads. Uh, some of his items were purchased by Mike Wolf in an episode of the television series American Pickers. And that's true. I, I love that show, American Pickers, just like I love Pawn Stars. And um, sure enough, uh, there is an episode where Mike Wolf purchases some of that. So uh, to learn more about Homer Tate, okay, uh, if you go to Stuckey's, S-T-U-C-K-E-Y-S, Stuckey's.com, uh, they say about Homer Tate here, by all accounts, he led a pretty normal life. Uh, and it goes on to, you know, give that same information. It says nobody knows why or how exactly he started making his strange works of art. Uh, perhaps it was because his Mormon family had seen him as kind of a black sheep and rarely communicated with him. Others say it might have been the stories he heard or things he'd seen while running the motel and gas station late at night. Whatever the reason, he uh, started making artifacts from dirt, paper, animal bones and hair that he collected from local barber shops and beauty salons, all held together by horse glue. And uh, it says each artifact, whether it was his mummies, mermaids, or shrunken heads, came with their own backstories, like that of the wolf boy. And uh, goes on to say, uh, basically, you know, his most famous thing was the the thing, the thing, a self-proclaimed mystery of the desert. Okay, now here's what. The thing is, going back to Wikipedia, it says the thing is an Arizona roadside attraction extensively advertised by signs along Interstate 10 between El Paso, Texas and Tucson, Arizona. The object, supposedly a mummified mother and child, is believed to have been made by Homer Tate. And uh, as you're driving along, there's 
like dozens of billboards that keep saying the thing you have to stop and see the thing you have to stop and see the thing and if you look at a picture of the thing it's one of these kind of typical uh it looks like just a mummy in in his style that uh but it's supposed to be like a mother with a little child mummified and again, it looks gray, dry, almost crumbly, like dried out clay, crude features. The body has straight, unnatural lines. Uh, that deflated look. I mean, it looks very typical of, of his style. And this is like a lot of people consider this to be like the ultimate roadside attraction. I also found a really interesting article written by Scott Craven that was published back in 2013 from azcentral.com. And he talks, he starts the article by saying, when Veda Tate was a little girl, Christmas had a special meaning, shrunken heads under the tree. She had only to look at the gift tags to know which cheerfully wrapped present held the shriveled prune-like handcrafted heads lips stitched together with black thread when she spotted the package from her grandpa homer this five-year-old's eyes lit up and it says since then tate has lost or given away many of her heads the remaining few dangle from a bedpost in her home in idaho and then they go on and they talk about um her grandfather making these things out of kind of like paper mache kind of stuff and that uh, little by little, his work has grown to be appreciated as what they call primitive art. And uh, it goes on to say that uh, I think he made like the alligator. There's an alligator, man. Let's see. Let's see. Homer Tate. You got to look up Homer Tate and uh, and just read about this dude. Uh I don't know. He, he made like, I don't know. He made some alligator man or whatever. And, uh, so anyway, it goes on to talk about like how that roadside attractions became a big thing that in the early 1900s, you know, Americans were, were hitting the road as cars replaced horses and highway supplanted trails. Americans were on the move. If half the country traveled for enjoyment, the, the other half, stayed put devising ways to get people to stop and spend a few bucks as roads were laid roadside attractions soon followed anyone with an idea and a few bucks could start a career in tourism and uh not only would people stop but they'd spend a nickel even a dime if if they bought a soda for the road so much the better and the roadside oddity was born all you needed to get started in the business was imagination and something that people would pay a dime or heaven forbid two bits to see. And, uh, it talks about how that, you know, back in those days, uh, people were trying to pass what they called pickled punks, which was a, a carny term for human oddities and jars purchased from morgues and hospitals. But, but there were problems legally dealing with human remains. Uh, plus bodies decayed and formaldehyde yellowed. Uh, so the answer was just to say like, Hey, who needs something real when you can have something rubber or whatever, you know, and put it in a jar. And so authenticity became more and more rare. And, uh, Veda Tate, who is, uh, at the time of this writing was, you know, an elderly lady. She said her grandfather is smiling somewhere each time a visitor hands over $2 to see the thing. But she believes that he may have gotten his biggest kick out of the time some well-meaning folks thought it should be buried out of respect. In 2002, the Associated Press and the Arizona Republic reported that some Native Americans and historians believed the thing, believed the thing to be mummified remains of some Native Americans, and as such, it deserved last rites. And she said, quote, I am sure he is up there laughing at all this, and he had a great laugh, end quote. So uh, I wish I could tell you. The, the brown mountain mummy was, you know, a real mummified alien. 
but I cannot. I, I think once you see these pictures and you read the context, you will see that Ralph Lell, whether or not his experiences were genuine, had bought one of these Homer Tate gaffes and he was passing it off and making a buck off of his own rural Western North Carolina roadside attraction near Brown Mountain and, you know, around Burke and Caldwell counties there. Um, and, but you know, the thing is, I, I cannot actually say honestly, this is solved, solved because without having the body, I cannot prove conclusively this was a Homer tape, but I think we can close the book on that one. And I tell you what, if anybody out there has access to what you think is a legitimate Homer Tate work of art, I personally would be interested in purchasing it. I think that would be a really cool thing to add to my collection of weird stuff. And maybe I'll put it on display somewhere as well. Uh, we're almost up on our, uh, our next break here. And when we come back, guess what? There is some news from scientists about what may be the real fountain of youth. I'm not talking about just living longer, but imagine living longer and being healthy, almost like reverting back to your young self. How does that sound? Wait till you hear this. I'm Joshua P. Warren. You're listening to Strange Things on the iHeartRadio and Coast to Coast AM Paranormal Podcast Network. And I'll be back right after this. Hang in there. Josh is coming right back on the iHeartRadio and Coast to Coast AM Paranormal Podcast Network. I'm Scott Weinberger, journalist and former deputy sheriff. In my new podcast series, Cold-Blooded, the Apollo Jim Murders, I'm embedded in the cold case investigation into the death of firefighter Billy Halper. She's a shame, you know, that they took him from us. Experience this investigation in a truly unique way, knocking on doors, uncovering new evidence, including the DNA of a potential killer. Uh, my name is Danny Smith. I'm a detective uh, with Miramar Police Department. This is Scott Weinberger. We're actually reopening an old case, and your name came up. Untangling secrets that may reveal the answers to not only one murder, but almost a dozen. I thought they were going to kill me, so I kept my mouth shut and I didn't say anything. All these years, I didn't say anything. Listen to Cold-Blooded, The Apollo Jim Murders on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, girlfriends, it's me, Carol Fisher. I'm so excited to tell you about the brand new series of The Girlfriends. In season one, we told you about the murder of Gail Katz at the hands of my ex-boyfriend, Bob. At one point, a woman's torso washed up on Staten Island and was misidentified as Gail. She spent nine years in Gail's grave, and then she just disappeared. It's almost like it's become this moral obligation to find her. And that's what we're going to do. Find this missing girlfriend and tell her story. With the help of some of your favorite girlfriends from season one, like my producer, Anna. Oh, my God. My friend, Dr. Mindy Shapiro. Hi, it's Dr. Shapiro, and I'd like to speak with the deputy medical examiner. And of course, Gail's sister, Elaine Katz. Having no closure, it kills you. Join us as we try to solve a 35-year-old cold case. It's not going to be easy, but it's going to be one hell of a ride. <gasps> what? I can't believe this. Listen to season two of The Girlfriends, Our Lost Sister on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Every eight minutes, the American Red Cross brings help and hope to people in need. Thanks to the support of everyday heroes like you, the Red Cross is able to respond to disasters big and small, support military families, help ensure that blood is available when needed, and teach life-saving skills like CPR and first aid. Be a hero. 
donate today. Visit redcross.org or call 1-800-RED-CROSS. I'm Scott Weinberger, journalist and former deputy sheriff. In my new podcast series, Cold-Blooded, The Apollo Jim Murders, I'm embedded in the cold case investigation into the death of firefighter Billy Halper. It's just a shame, you know, that they took him from us. Experience this investigation in a truly unique way, knocking on doors, uncovering new evidence, including the DNA of a potential killer. Uh, my name is Danny Smith. I'm a detective uh, with Miramar Police Department. This is Scott Weinberger. We're actually reopening an old case, and your name came up. Untangling secrets that may reveal the answers to not only one murder, but almost a dozen. I thought they were going to kill me, so I kept my mouth shut and I didn't say anything. All these years, I didn't say anything. Listen to Cold-Blooded, The Apollo Jim Murders on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, this is Ouija board expert Karen A. Dahlman, and you're listening to the iHeartRadio and Coast to Coast AM Paranormal Podcast Network. Segment of this edition of Strange Things on the iHeartRadio and Coast to Coast AM Paranormal Podcast Network. I am your host, Joshua P. Warren. And yeah, it would have been fun, huh, to live back in the 60s and 70s as kind of a homegrown artist. And you just go out and create these wacky gaffes. <laughs> in your garage that you can sell to people who are operating roadside attractions. And I mean, it's, it's not like there was a feeling of, of guilt about it. It wasn't like they were thinking, I am a hoaxer here. Uh, they were thinking, hey, this is just entertainment. This is just good old fashioned fun. And uh, it was just art to people like Homer Tate. And that's why that if you have one of his works and they're very rare because they didn't last very long, they just kind of crumbled and fell apart. And I think a lot of people just trashed them. Um, if you have one of those, it's pretty special and, and pretty rare. So look up Homer Tate and just see the information and in, in pictures for yourself. And maybe you'll say, whoa, wait a second. I think I know where a Homer Tate might be. And let me know. Go to joshuapwarren.com and uh, contact me if you think that you can access a Homer Tate. Or like I say, I'm I'm open to purchasing one if you have access. Okay, moving on. Joshua Dindy is a guy who has been a big supporter of my work and shows for many, many years. Uh, he's very inquisitive, has a great sense of humor. And he sent me this interesting story recently that was posted at uh, CNN.com. And it says, old mice can grow young again. Actually, it says, old mice grow young again in study. Can people do the same? This is by Sandy Lamont. And here's what it says. In Boston... In Boston labs, old blind mice have regained their eyesight, developed smarter, younger brains, and built healthier muscle and kidney tissue. On the flip side, young mice have prematurely aged with devastating results to nearly every tissue in their bodies. The experiments show aging is a reversible process capable of being driven forwards and backwards at will. 
said anti-aging expert David Sinclair, a professor of genetics in the Blavatnik Institute at Harvard Medical School and co-director of the Paul F. Glenn Center for Biology of Aging Research. Our bodies hold a backup copy of our youth that can be triggered to regenerate, said Sinclair, the senior author of a new paper showcasing the work of his lab and international scientists. Okay, did you get that? So he's saying your body holds a backup copy of your youth and you can trigger that to regenerate. Now, let me pause for a second. I I know the idea of living forever doesn't sound that great, but what if you could live for a long, a much longer time? And this is the real clincher, be healthy. Because, you know, if you just kind of break down and feel bad, you know, get worse, who wants to live long if you're going to just start feeling worse and worse? But what if you feel like a kid again? Uh, the article says the combined experiments published in the, uh, in the journal Cell, C-E-L-L, challenge the scientific belief that aging is the result of genetic mutations that undermine our DNA. Uh, they say that uh, it's it, it, it's not junk, it's not damage that causes us to get old. We believe it's a loss of information. This is a quote here. A loss in the cell's ability to read its original DNA so it forgets how to function. In much the same way an old computer may develop corrupted software. I call it the information theory of aging. Um Let's see here. One of the uh, fellows who co-authored the paper said that uh, the, the findings will, quote, transform the way we view the process of aging and the way we approach the treatment of diseases associated with aging. And then they go on to say that uh, basically, well, let me just jump to to the point here. Quote, the astonishing finding is that there is a backup copy of the software in the body that you can reset, Sinclair said. Quote, we're showing that software gets corrupted and how we can reboot the system by tapping into a reset switch that restores the cell's ability to read the genome correctly again as if it were young. End quote. It doesn't matter if the body is 50 or 75 healthy or racked with disease sinclair said once the process has been triggered quote the body will then remember how to regenerate and will be young again even if you're already old and have an illness now what that software is we don't know yet at this point we just know that we can flip the switch end quote so you know, they, they, they've been doing all these experiments with mice and, you know, I, I looked through this thing and I, I can't like condense this down any uh, further for you other than what they say. Some of like this guy, they're still trying to figure out, you know, they know that this can be done, but here are their top tips. Okay, you ready? Top tips. Focus on plants for food. Eat less often. Get sufficient sleep. And lose your breath for 10 minutes, three times a week by exercising to maintain muscle mass. So you got that. They're saying focus on plants for food. Don't Don't eat as much. Make sure you get plenty of sleep. And make sure that three times a week you do something for 10 minutes that makes you lose your breath. (sighs) You break out of sweat. And then, of course, it also says, but don't sweat the small stuff and have a good social group. That's that's healthy as well. Just to keep you engaged with with life. See, it all all goes back to the mind there. Quote, the message is every day counts, Sinclair said. How you live your life, even when you're in your teens and 20s, really matters, even decades later, because every day your clock is ticking, end quote. Okay, so who who knows where this is going, but that's an interesting message, don't you think? Old mice can grow young again. 
and young uh, young mice can be made old. And but for now, uh, you know, I, I have always thought there really is something to this idea of being a vegetarian but it's not just and i'm not a vegetarian by the way but i i I know a lot of vegetarians who are in good shape but those are the ones who also don't eat too much sugar because i know a lot of vegetarians who are like well ice cream's vegetarian you know (laughs) so anyway like you know you have to you have to avoid the sugar as well but i'm not here to give any health advice i'm you know, I'm not a doctor. I'm no, nobody you should listen to uh, in that regard. But that's food for thought. Uh, another thing I'll mention here before we are out of time is that I got an email from a woman in Texas who sent me a photograph that her sister took near Amarillo recently of what looks like a big, glorious flying saucer in the sky just before dusk you can see it very well and i have not gotten explicit permission permission from her to post this picture so i mean i don't know if i will or not but um one of the interesting things about this picture is that it looks like a big saucer and it has a hole in the bottom like a portal but it also is in the midst of some clouds. And when I first saw it, I thought, I wonder if this could be one of these lenticular clouds. You know what those things are? It's just a cloud. You can look it up yourself. It's a cloud that forms in the lower stratosphere, and it often looks like a saucer or a lens or something like that. And sometimes they're really crazy and impressive looking. But... I looked at a bunch of lenticular cloud photos, and I'm thinking that this might not be a lenticular cloud. Uh, Mobius has been studying it as well. I'm not sure, but um, some people believe that UFOs, UAPs, actually hide inside of clouds. So I'll keep you updated on that. Well, the clock has got us. Here we go. Time to relax, chill out, close your eyes if you can, take a deep breath, and enjoy the good fortune that's it For this edition of the show, follow me on Twitter at Joshua P. Warren. Plus, visit JoshuaPWarren.com to sign up for my free e-newsletter to receive a free instant gift and check out the cool stuff in the Curiosity Shop all at JoshuaPWarren.com. I have a fun one lined up for you next time, I promise. So please tell all your friends to subscribe to this show and to always remember the golden rule. Thank you for listening. Thank you for your interest and support. Thank you for staying curious. And I will talk to you again soon. You've been listening to Strange Things on the iHeartRadio and Coast to Coast AM Paranormal Podcast Network. Well, if you like this episode of Strange Things, wait till you hear the next one. Thank you for listening to the iHeartRadio and Coast to Coast AM Paranormal Podcast Network. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. It's a simple truth. No matter who you are, mental health challenges can affect you and how you manage them can make all the difference. That's why everyone should have access to mental health support that meets them where they are and helps them get through. BetterHelp provides online therapy on your schedule. It's flexible, simple to use, and more affordable than in-person therapy. Connect with a licensed therapist selected just for you. Learn more at BetterHelp.com. That's BetterHelp.com. 
I'm Scott Weinberger, journalist and former deputy sheriff. In my new podcast series called Blooded, I'm embedded in the cold case investigation into the death of firefighter Billy Halper. Experience this investigation in a truly unique way, untangling secrets that may reveal the answers to not only one case, but almost a dozen. Listen to Cold Blooded, The Apollo Jim Murders on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, girlfriends, it's me, Carol Fisher, back with another season of the global number one podcast, The Girlfriends. Last time, we investigated the murder of Gail Katz. This time, we're uncovering the identity of the woman who was buried in Gail's grave for a decade before she disappeared. Join me and the rest of the club as we tell her story. Listen to season two of The Girlfriends, Our Lost Sister on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.